You're listening to a Sin Media podcast. Previously heard live on Sin 90.7. Sin acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land of the House of Sin and Studio Stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Sin also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the land our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the country. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of In Joke for Reconciliation Week. My name's Chevey and I'm joined by... Patrick. And we're joined by Kimmy Lovegrove. Thanks for joining us, Kimmy. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, and you're a Sin veteran. Yes, I and, am. And uh, also a veteran comedian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm still relevant now. I still get the occasional gig, yeah. <laughs> nice. But can you tell us a little bit about your comedic experience? Uh, so for the past uh, four years, I've uh, entered Deadly Funny, which is a part of the International Comedy Festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, outside of that, I've gotten gigs within the Aboriginal community. And um, yeah, it's, it's been a really, really great experience and kind of looking at doing some comedy stuff online and, you know, because, you know, YouTube is kind of getting big, so yeah. might as well join that train while I can. <laughs> but, yeah. And um, so later in the show, we're also winning... Um, not We're also interviewing two winners of the Deadly Funny yeah. competition. We'll be speaking yeah. to Steph Tisdale and Andy, Andy Saunders. Saunders. Yeah. Which is cool. Very cool. So that'll and be And I know them. You know them, <laughs> I yeah. I know them. Yeah, uh, we were talking before the show and it seems like, you know, everyone in Deadly Comedy sort of knows each other and, and hangs out and just has a yeah, good time, really. Yeah, I, I just love making fun of everyone, but sometimes I have to learn when it's uh, when it starts getting too personal. Ah, uh, okay. just like, yeah, yeah, it's time to back away before <laughs> I get uh, my head punched in. So <laughs> when, we, when, we talk, when we do the interviews later, is there going to be any animosity or to be uh, all No, fine? no, I want to, like, make it a surprise and, like, put on a... Like a deep voice, and like, hey, uh, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> and be like real creepy, like, hey, no, nah, I'm only really joking, it's Kimmy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Got him. Yeah. <laughs> so this week we're also celebrating Reconciliation Week. Yep. Yep. Um, and I don't know, a lot of people might be familiar with NADOC Week. Mm. Um, can you explain what the difference is between Reconciliation Week and, and NADOC week? So Reconciliation Week um, is basically a week dedicated to, you know, bringing the community closer together um, because, you know, with whatever's happened, like, in the past and whatever the media puts out there is quite negative. Mm. So having weeks like Reconciliation Week and NADOC week uh, to bring... Uh, non-Indigenous and Indigenous people closer together to really create a stronger relationship is really the heart and soul of Reconciliation Week and celebrating those key events that kind of, you know, make Aboriginal people uh, so strong in their identity Mm. and that kind of replicates through to NADOC Week 
where that is celebrating um, the culture and the history of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Mm. So they're both very significant events that we always encourage non-Indigenous people to come along to because that's kind of, you know, the whole idea of um, NEDOC Week and Reconciliation Week is to come together. Mm. I think that's interesting what you said about, you know, in the media there's a lot of negative um, sort of representations yeah, of Aboriginal yeah. and Torres Strait Islander people. So I think sin as as a part of the media landscape, we, yeah. we have this responsibility as well to sort of bring in this positive narrative. So people would have noticed on other sin shows as well as in joke that we're playing a lot of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander artists. And for this yeah. episode, that's that's our theme as well. Um, but on the topic of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander artists, um, we're going to go to Don't You Worry by Electric Fields. Stay tuned on the joke. Due to some confusing, boring legal stuff, Sin can't podcast any of the knee-slapping tracks that are played on air. To dance along with us in the studio, you'll need to listen live. Tune your radio dial to 90.7 or stream it online at sin.org.au. Rise by Birds featuring Jim Blah. And before that, you just heard Don't You Worry by Electric Fields. You're listening to In Joke on Sin 90.7 with Kimmy, Chevet and Pat. Um, we're joined on the line right now by Steph Tisdale, who's just come off um, a very successful run at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival for her show, Identity Steph. Steph, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, no worries. This is exciting. <laughs> how you going? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Oh, pretty well. <laughs> That's good. Um, is that Kimmy Lovegrove? It is Kimmy Love. How'd you know? <laughs> Yeah, you know who I am. We met. We met in Melbourne. Yeah, I know. I know. I know who you are. I got you on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> that was the lamest thing of it. Do you know who I am? Look, I got excited. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember me from the backstage? Yeah. Oh, you look great. <laughs> I'm like a creepy yes. man. Apologies. <sighs> yeah, from what Kimmy's been telling us some stories, and she's just saying that um, all of you guys at, at the Deadly Comedy Show just uh, just ripping into each other. Oh, it was so much fun. Like, <laughs> so, honestly, I, I cannot explain the difference between doing a black gig and doing a white gig. <laughs> <laughs> so different. Like, when we were backstage, we were all dancing and, like, singing and everyone was just, yeah, just ripping into each other and that sort of thing. <laughs> and then... I don't, know, I don't know what happens, but backstage at white gigs, I'm like, sorry, I need time to myself to go to my <laughs> <laughs> It's a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I always, I always gig with no shoes on. I love to see if people think that that's a cultural thing. Like, sometimes I'll just be like, Does that oh, also it's cultural, and they're like, ooh, they get excited, you know? But no, it's not. I wear shoes. Does that also come down, because obviously you've got other... Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander comedians who you're performing with, but does that also come down to the audience that you're performing to as well? Is it different performing oh, yeah. to a you know a black audience than to a white audience? So I don't know if you know this, mm. but I'm so certain that skinny ankles was just widely accepted. Like people knew that the black girls got skinny ankles. Yeah. Guess what? White people don't know that. <laughs> Which just gets rid of all of my ankle material, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any ankle material. Um, but I, <laughs> I just, like, there's such a big difference between black audiences and white audiences. Um, I was on tour with the Aboriginal All-Stars, and Kevin Kupinyari is, like, 
he's like the Michael Jackson of he's not turning white you know anyway um, <laughs> and I swear when he was on stage we were in a, we were in Kempsey right and when he was on stage I saw somebody get onto their fucking chair and start screaming and I was like this is so like that was amazing like it was encouraged and it was so good and it's just so community like yeah. such community feel where if somebody <laughs> stood up on their chair at another gig people would be like you need to get out of here you're out of control you know <laughs> the security would just come in and escort yeah. them out yeah um, yeah exactly <laughs> we've actually been reading your blog um, oh, comedy. God, don't do that. <laughs> well, you oh, put well, it out yeah. there, and we really like your article um, about about deadly funny 2018. Uh, mm. One of my favorite quotes in there was where was it? Um, I might have to find it. I'll bring it back. <laughs> bring, <laughs> bring it up later. Right now. Uh, hi, my name is Stephanie. Jim. Um. Sort of like tragedy. What was it? Something tragedy is uh, like laughing at tragedy. Tragedy comes... plus time equals comedy. Exactly. That I equation. Lo- yeah, I, I love that one. Do they teach that in maths? I don't remember getting taught that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a great saying. I heard it from somebody, and I, I just think it's completely true. Like there is nobody who is like, you know, stable and attractive and has lots of privilege is going to be a good comedian, you know, because they're going to be like, oh, can you remember how bad life was when, actually, you know what, it's been pretty good for me, so, like, you know, there's no, there's nothing to laugh about in the good times. Like, we use humour to deal with the hard times, I reckon. Mm. Mm. And you think that's, like, Perhaps, Kimmy, you could also pitch into this. What? <laughs> you just asked me. You're just, out. I you see, just being quiet for a little bit, so I want to get, like, get you back into this. Um, you know, how important is it, especially in the Aboriginal community, to sort of take these sort of painful experiences and just, just have a laugh at them? Um, well, for me, I started out doing, um, like, jokes about my own uh, identity. Mm. Um, you know, I have I do a joke about how I used to be Sri Lankan yeah. and now I'm Aboriginal. Um, that, that, that's a real, real story. That I did not make that up. I did not go into any kind of, like, creativity writing session with any professionals <laughs> saying, OK, let's, let's make up some stuff. Yeah. You know, you got some... It was funny, which is half the thing. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of people who would be like, I was lied to my whole life, and you're like, no, that's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's based <laughs> on truth. Because it is funny, though. Hey, like, I've got a, I've got a joke about... Um, like, I think I think that there's often a lot of truth to comedy. I think it's, I think it's mostly truth. You know, like, I, um, I have a joke about, you know, I think the government treats blackfellas much like... You would like a very, uh, very expensive and special like cutlery set. Yeah. Like usually, put it away. But on very special occasions or when we've got visitors, fucking bring it out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, because like the Commonwealth Games opening ceremony, it's it's like it's kind of rough to hear it, but it's it's true and it's funny because it's like oh that is quite sad. Uh, I I feel like um like my my comedy journey has really matched up with my sort of cultural journey as well because I grew up in Brisbane mm. um, away from my mob and 
I've always had that connection and I've always known about Mob, but there is a lot of, you know, kind of nuance of culture that I've missed out on from being so far away. Yeah. And as I've been delving more and more into it and trying to find out who I am and where I fit in, it's funny how much you become politicised. You become a politicised figure. Yeah. And the, the more that I do comedy, the more that people kind of expect you to have opinions and knowledge that they don't. And then, because of that, you have a real kind of responsibility to, you know, actually try and educate an audience at the exact same time as making them laugh. Or at least that's... That's how I view it, mm. you know? Yeah, what was that like to bring your show Identity Steph to the audience at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival? It was probably one of the scariest things I've ever done because, like, I'm not, I haven't been doing it for that long and everything. It was also really super personal and there were, um, there was a lot of, um, I spoke very heavily about my mental health. I spoke heavily about the, uh, the frustration in in identifying as Indigenous and then people having, you know, that that can change people's opinion of you and, you know, the kind of the ignorance that you have to try and, you know, deal with or whatever. Mm. Um, so it was incredibly, incredibly personal. Um, but it was, it, was, it was quite interesting because I, I think I had some idea that maybe people were a little bit more in the know than they were because what I was shocked by was how many people would cry at the end of my show or come up to me and say, well, I just didn't know, I just didn't know these things. Or I didn't, I didn't really ever think about that or how hard that is, you know? Cause I, like I had, a, I had a joke in there about how on Australia Day, that's it, I'm getting tagged in every racist status going, here, Steph, you tell them what's what. <laughs> <laughs> like it's your job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, and but it, so it was really interesting to have people kind of talk to me afterwards and go, you know what, I'd never even thought about that before, you know, or how I um, I had a, a, one of my white cousins who um, started dating an Aboriginal woman, so now he thinks that he <laughs> knows what's what, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he said to me, he said, you grew up in Brisbane, you don't even know what it's like to be Aboriginal. And I was like, oh my that, that doesn't make any sense because... Aboriginality is a culture. It doesn't mean poverty, you fuckhead. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's such a ridiculous concept to me. Yeah. Um, but and, and he, he followed it up by saying, well, what are you doing for your community? And I thought, you're 10 years older than me. What the fuck are you doing for my community? Yeah. Um, and I think when you pose those questions, especially if you're like, because I, I guess, you know, it's, it's about lining up the joke and then, having a serious twist on it, you know, so that you're getting the message across. I think that it's quite, if you start off with something quite funny and then end it with something quite serious, the audience is a bit thrown. Um, and I think that's what sort of elicited the emotional responses. But like I said, I just thought that people knew more of this stuff than they did. I didn't expect it to be as eye-opening for people as they were telling me it was. I was like, like how close have you been to the world to not recognise that these are these are issues that people face and that these are things people feel. Yeah. Mm. So another another thing I've heard you talk a bit about was that you spent, was it two years in Scotland? Yeah, so yeah, I lived in Scotland for two years. Mm. And, like, you make jokes about it, but what was that like, um, like, performing comedy over there and just living over there in general? Honestly, I went there because... Um, I, I, won, I won Deadly Funny in 2014 and it was such a different 
um, show to what it is now. Like, it was a lot smaller. Um, but there was also basically no Aboriginal comedians in Australia. We, you know, sort of had your, your main ones, like Kevin, Sean, Andy, Matt Ford, and Shirley. And so when I won that, they were kind of like, oh, yes, another one. Um, <laughs> and it was just, it was like... It was a huge amount of pressure because that was I won that on my eighth ever gig, right? Yeah. So I was like, I don't know what to do. Um, so I just moved to Scotland just so I could feel like I was a, you know, I could actually learn if I was a good comedian or if I was going to get offered things to to help people feel less guilty. Yeah. Um, so it was it was like it was really hard because it was whatever momentum I'd started to build because of Deadly, I had to disregard and start completely from the bottom again um, which was a great place like a great thing to do because it meant that I worked hard and um, I think the experience just completely changed how I viewed comedy as well so also congratulations because over there you did become a semi-finalist in the So You Think You're Funny at Edinburgh which is huge thank you (laughs) (laughs) Um, and also best um, newcomer at Hilarity Bites as well, runner-up. So that's pretty cool as well. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how I did it. Weird. <laughs> I keep getting in trouble for moving the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I told the, I, I just told people about Megaloo because I think Megaloo is the funniest thing that's ever happened to Australia. That's it. Oh. <laughs> Well, uh, no, thank- I, don't, I don't know where you I don't know where you mob are from, but do you know what do you know what Megaloo means in Queensland? <laughs> no, I'm not sure. Can, <laughs> what is it? can you explain? Kimmy's like laughing nervously here. I'm a little bit scared. Say it, Seth. Say it. I won't say it on the air. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, look. Uh, if anyone wants to look that up, um, yeah, do that. No, because- it's nowhere. This is the best art. <laughs> 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 Not on Google Translate. No, it just says white fella. I'm like, yeah, tell yourself it just means white fella. <laughs> 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 like, you know, got the most racist like connotations with it. That's what I think is so funny is that they've got they go, oh, we'll let the elders name this this famous albino whale, and they call it white bleep. No, um thanks thanks for not saying that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks also thanks so much for talking to us. It's been awesome. No, thanks so much to you, Father. Thank you so much for and, having me. And if any of our if any listeners want to find out a bit more about you, where can they go to? Oh, my Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> Sweet yeah. as. <laughs> yeah, Stephanie Tisdale comedy on Facebook or check out my YouTube just search my name I don't know I'm real um, well, yeah, wordpress.com because I do think that is a very good read on there oh, thank you I really appreciate that no worries I'm setting up a website in a couple of months so I just wait till that <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much um, thanks so much for having me hey I really appreciate it no worries Kimmy. thank you Kimmy hold on Kimmy oh, yep. yeah I'm just saying Kimmy. thank you That that's it yeah just thank you Kimmy give me a call Anytime you want, I'll see if I can hook you up with some gigs in Brisbane. Hey, yeah, I will. I will. I'll, I'll call you when I get a phone. <laughs> <laughs> you hold, she's holding a phone. It's a, it's she's holding a phone it's right an now. It's, it's an iPod. You know, my okay. phones are completely okay. unreliable. I'll, I'll call you next week. <laughs> All right, cool. See ya. Right, so <laughs> thank you. Right, We're going to go to Cloud Nine by Baker Boy right now featuring Kyan. 
Unfortunately, Sin doesn't have the rights to podcast the music it plays on Sin 90.7. I guess that just means you'll need to listen live for all the wonderful tracks. Tune your radio dial to 90.7 or stream it online at sin.org.au. You were just listening to Cloud9 by Big Boy featuring Kayan. Um, you're listening to Sin 90.7. Seven. Uh, you're listening to Injake, and welcome. Uh, so right now we uh, have Andy Saunders that we will be uh, interviewing. He is, in my personal opinion, uh, one of my many great friends in the comedy industry, um, and he is bloody hilarious. He cracks me up in stitches all the time, and I've been given the honour and privilege to be mentored by him for. Uh, the Deadly Funny competition for the past two years. Oh, wow. So I'd like to welcome Andy Saunders to InJoke. Hey, oh. what's happening, guys? Hey. <laughs> this, it kind of feels like, um, you know, because we just interviewed Steph and now we're interviewing Andy and Kimmy already knows them, so it kind of feels like they're having a phone call and Patrick yeah, yeah. and I are just <laughs> listening in. It's just like we're the parents on, on the line. <laughs> I did the intro last time and they were like, oh my gosh, it's you, Kimmy. <laughs> Yeah, I like to think so. <laughs> yeah, man, you, you, you'd be the type of parents that let their kids stay up late and just I don't know, eat ice cream for dinner and stuff like that. I love parents like that. That's oh, true. That's, that's true. Um, well, also the type of parents who like to talk about comedy. That's true. Here's some comedy <laughs> to, talk, to talk about. Um, you recently put up on your Facebook, because I've been keeping up, you put up your, uh, your own version of Lord's Royals. Um, which is very like I've very much enjoyed it. So you had your oh, daughter thank and you. yeah, <laughs> you had your daughter and your kid your kids to help the clip with you. Sorry, <laughs> that was terribly worded. Anyway, it was I really oh. I enjoyed it. But yeah, what's that like oh. working with your family to make comedy? Oh look, um, my family are usually the brunt of all the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a few. And um, uh, look, uh, um, I think uh, with that song, it was more about the message for me. I don't think at uh, my age I'm going to um, push into the uh, the space of um, uh, becoming some sort of pop star. Not at my age. It looks a little <laughs> you could bit weird. Do. Let's be real. You could. <laughs> Maybe a folk star. It probably sort of sits more in my genre um, at my age. Um, I could become a rock star. A rock star would be pretty cool, but not a pop star. Pop star is sort of <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit younger um, for my liking. But uh, don't, no, that doesn't mean I don't like pop music. It's just uh, I don't think I, I'm, uh, I did the song um, to actually um, launch a pop uh, a pop star um, type of career for me. I, I think I just want to put a message out there and just let um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people uh, know that they are deadly and just to remind them of where they actually come from, which is something really, really cool. It's an awesome culture. Mm. It is. I, I agree with that. I agree. And what's the... Yes, of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> what's the response been like... Um, you know, from people after your shows, um, do they sort of say, wow, like, that's really spot on, that really sort of, you know, I sort of relate to that? 
people crying, yeah. maybe? Absolutely, yeah. Look, mm. um, we have some um, uh, we have some really positive response from a lot of um, different types of audience, um, and those audiences can uh, range from uh, young to old, um, and uh, and uh, variety and backgrounds, and mm-hmm. you know, and and everything. And uh, they come up, and um, they're uh, you know, a lot of our jokes provoke thought, and they. Um, teach people after they've had a good laugh and you know like uh, it's quite it's quite a sneaky way to teach people through a joke because you know I think um, like I've always said um, uh, a human being is at the most vulnerable when they're laughing so you can either ask for money um, <laughs> oh yeah I agree with or, this where you're going or with you this, can yes. teach the, teach them a lesson which is um, which is the beauty of our, about comedy I love it or you can sell tickets and do both. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind doing all of the above. That's a, that's a really, really great thing, especially for, uh, especially uh, to try and put food in children's mouths. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. So one of one of my favourite ways that you um, get the message across um, through comedy is Ray Ray Boy, and Kimmy and I were wondering if Ray Ray Boy was making a comeback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Look, uh, Ray Ray Boy, um, it, it definitely has, um, there's, there's a couple of sketches that are uh, currently being written for Ray Ray Boy, but um, oh. Frankie, Frankie Jackson's got more of a part in the future um, than Ray Ray Boy, but don't, um, please don't think that you've seen the last of Ray Ray Boy, he is, coming, he is making a comeback for sure. <laughs> so for those that might not, have, might not have seen Ray Ray Boy, how would you describe, how would you describe him? Oh look, um, Ray Ray Boy has a. Um, he's definitely uh, confused about who he is and and uh, what his purpose is. He's not confused about um, um, you know how he interacts and communicates with people. Though he's he's quite um, he's quite engaging. He's uh, he's definitely a communicator. I'd call him that. And he's definitely someone who wants to change the health and well-being of uh, of uh, not just one people, but an entire nation. He's uh, he is uh, someone who runs um, a exercise class called Kumba, which is Kuri Zumba, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander <laughs> version of Zumba. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, He's quite a character, and uh, look, uh, if uh, if I knew him, I'd be really good friends with him because he cracks me up. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure all of us would be. <laughs> <laughs> so, you've also performed a few times on things like ABC Comedy's Comedy Up Late. Do you have a favourite a favourite performance or a favourite set you've done? Um, I would have to say. Uh, uh, look, uh, there's there's been a fair few TV performances from me. Uh, my, some of my best uh, bits are on CCTV. It's usually where I'm running away. But um, <laughs> look, um, I um, I uh, I actually um, uh, my favourite performance would have to be uh, the Oxfam Gala a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Was that the one with? It was a, you had a song in it as well, I think. Is that the Ox family? Uh, that, that's the one where I, uh, I've written a song about my wife called yeah. Yes. And that was the favourite? or 
that that could have been my favourite performance, uh, like on a big stage. But I uh, I performed not long ago um, in front of a small crowd, um, probably about forty people. Um, in comparison to the uh, the crowd at the Palais Theatre of about I know between two and three thousand, it's you know it's a it's a huge comparison. Um, but uh, these forty people roared and laughed like they were ten thousand people. It was a really really good night, and that was uh, that was a, around a couple of years ago as, as well. So I mean, it doesn't matter how big the crowd. I think the response is what what. The, is what's what really matters. Yeah, that's true. In uh, in one interview, you said that you'd go to the nth degree to milk a joke and get a laugh. Um, what is the furthest you would go to get a laugh? Oh, uh, look, uh, you know how people run marathons? Yeah. That's what I do with jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a marathon milking. And... Um, I I will milk a joke until people can pretty much hardly breathe anymore. <laughs> it's um that's that's what milking a joke you you know if you if you really really want to milk a joke you have to keep going and going and going until you've got that very last laugh out. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So like you until the cow it. dies. Until the cow is dust. <laughs> <laughs> Gee. <laughs> that's, that's that's how much you've got to milk a joke. <laughs> especially, I mean, especially like uh, the life of a stand-up comedian traveling the country and overseas. You know, you, you're in the car or you're on a bus or a train or a plane with um, other comedians, mm. and uh, they're all very quick and quick-witted and uh, very smart. And you know, you, when you get your chance to sort of do a joke and they're riffing as well you know it's that's they're the golden moments and um you know if you can make clowns laugh you know you're, you're doing something right that's true so also apart from the the few sketches with um ray ray boy and a couple of others do you have any other major projects in the works or um, yeah, yeah, I'm, um, I'm just about to do a, um, a pilot. I'm acting in a pilot uh, in Brisbane next weekend. It's going to be pretty cool. So that's a, that's a new, it's a really, really new project. So I can't say too much about it. I'm <laughs> really, really excited about it. It's going to be a comedy. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, I'm also, I'm also um, working on some new sketches that will go on my YouTube channel. And um, as well as that, I'll... Um, I've got um, I've got a new song that's going to come out very soon. Two new songs actually, so they're going to be one's going to be really really funny and one's going to be really really serious that I'm um, I'm producing and helping direct for my daughter to to sing. Oh, awesome! Because you do, you've done yeah. some singing and stuff with your daughter before. Um, so I've done a, I've done a little bit, yeah, not not a hell of a lot. I used to I. I um, Believe it or not, I used to be the front man in in a band, and um, we we wrote a fair few originals. But that life sort of um, yeah, that's long gone. That's a, a long time ago. And um, even though I love music, I just couldn't be a musician. It's the the hours are really really long, and um, 
I shouldn't talk, really. I mean, stand up comedians. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we can get on stage at three o'clock in the morning. That's yeah. I shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, retract all of that. Um, <laughs> Let's rewind it. <laughs> so, cool. so um, for anyone listening, where can they stay tuned for these kind of things to come out? Just your Facebook page and YouTube, or? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, go and uh, subscribe to Andy Saunders Comedy YouTube channel, or um, or um, like me on Facebook, um, and you'll see uh, when I'm um, when I'm playing on stage or um, uh, what street I'm walking down. So you can come up and give me a hug. <laughs> Oh, thanks so much for talking to us today, Andy. Oh, look, it was a pleasure, and um, uh, good luck, everyone out there, and approach everything with love. That's what I say. It'll get you through. Thanks. That's a really nice message, Andy. Yeah, well, that's a message that's gotten me, um, kept me safe my whole life. Awesome. Golden words there from Andy. And now... Oh, thank you, guys. <laughs> and now we're going to go to a song. It is... Uh, How Much Does Your Love Cost by Thelma Plum. This is In Joke on Sin 90.7. Unfortunately, Sin doesn't have the rights to podcast the music it plays on Sin 90.7. That just means you'll need to listen live for all the wonderful tracks. Tune your radio dial to 90.7 or stream it online at sin.org.au. Hey, that was How Much Does Your Love Cost by Thelma Plum. My name's Chave. I'm joined by Patrick and Kimmy, and this is a special Reconciliation Week episode of In Joke. And now we're going to talk about a little bit more about um, National Reconciliation Week. Um, what 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 are we? So this the the focus of this year's National Reconciliation Week is don't keep our history a mystery. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And um, in light of that, today, so National Reconciliation Week is like bookended by two major events yep. in um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture. And today, do you want to speak about what today represents today, Kimmy? Uh, so today is um, the anniversary of the Mabo decision, which happened in uh, Queensland. So uh, Eddie Mabo w- was a Torres Strait Islander man that was a major advocate for his community and his community wasn't getting the respect that uh, they deserve. So uh, he took on the High Court to get the government to recognise and acknowledge the First Nations people in um, Queensland. And uh, from that uh, day forward, um, pretty much in every state, um, as a replica of that, uh, each state government uh, recognised the history and the actions from that and is working strongly towards um, helping Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people uh, get what they deserve and to mm-hmm. actually uh, break down um, any kind of negativity that is thrown against Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. So here in Victoria, there are strong talks about treaty um, and ho- hopefully hopefully from that, uh, the Aboriginal people in Victoria will actually be able to make decisions um, for their land and not have... Uh, the Victorian government make that 
for themselves. So that is kind of one of the things that actually came out mm. um, from the Mabo decision. It's given uh, strength to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people to you know, tell the government exactly what they want and to start those conversations. So uh, today is a very happy day because it shows the strength that us as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have and I feel like that's not being replicated in mainstream media. Mm. So I I think today is a very, very good day to, you know, really look back on how we've done things in the past and what we can do to improve them in the future. Mm. And you mentioned that earlier about the media sort of having these negative representations yeah, yeah, of Aboriginal. Definitely. And what the Mabo decision did was there was this whole, you know, if you look at this dominant story, this legal fiction of terra nullius, no man's land, and then the Mabo decision sort of came in and said, well, no, actually, that's that's not true, and it's, it's that sort of formal legal recognition. Yeah. But we still have a long way to go, I think. Yeah, definitely. In terms of in media, we've got the legal, now we need it to be you know, in society and media is a reflection yeah. of society. So, uh, yeah. Long and something that was a real shock to me that I learned today was it was only 26 years ago, wasn't it, that that mm. actually happened? Yeah, pretty much my whole existence has uh, <laughs> been dedicated to making sure that the government of Australia knows that, yes, uh, our, their ancestors made bad decisions and now it's affecting, you know, non-Indigenous people um, because there are some Indigenous people out there that don't understand why they should say sorry. And I've had a conversation with a non-Indigenous person and having to tell them why, um, you know, they should say sorry and why they why they feel that they shouldn't because they didn't personally do it. There's mm. a lot of um, blogs out there that say, you know, why, you know, non-Indigenous people should uh, say sorry. And it's not a personal thing. It's more of a reflective thing, you know, saying that, yes, the past was shit. Yes, that did happen, but let's not define our actions in the future. Let's not repeat history. And I think the more... Uh, times we have those conversations Mm. and the more that everyone is more aware of the real history of Australia then you know it's not only going to impact um, Australians but also people over over in America because over in America they even have a worse um, I guess knowledge of Aboriginal people Um, there's actually a video that the San Diego Zoo put out there of um, opening up an expedition type thing on Australia and Australians' culture and life. And they actually had um, the traditional owners of New Zealand actually do their traditional dance. And and I had to be very careful when I shared that because I was just like, there are going to be so many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people that are going to be so, uh, you know, angry about it um, and kind of be confused because, you know, for me, in my head, I have this kind of thing that the smartest people on earth are in the United States of America. And then you look back at who their president is and just like, I'm sure they're out there. They're just hiding. Um, but that's a definitely good conversation about, you know, the more times somehow it goes over to America and there are... Um, teachers over over in America when they teach Australian studies they focus a lot on um, the indigenous culture of Australia which is a big shock to me because here in Australia we do the bare minimum so Mm. I feel like that's another thing that needs to happen as well we need to learn you know about 
what was to what is now to what could be in the future. But yeah. Yeah. And I guess another thing that we're also celebrating a lot today is the way that people like Steph Tisdell, who we yeah. um, interviewed earlier, and also Andy Saunders, will speak about those sort of issues that are yeah. um, facing Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders through comedy yeah. and how mm. comedy is a vehicle to kind of discuss those sort of issues. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of those jokes are kind of like, you'll laugh at them, but then you'll be like, oh... You know, that's yeah. actually really sad and, and it's true. And that's what um, I think Steph was saying, that she was surprised by the number of people that were crying at the end of her mm. show. Yeah, I guess it really is a sort of an, an emotional release, almost uh, sort of, I guess, like a group counselling sort of thing. If people are yeah. coming back and, and, and crying. Yeah. What's, um, so what's your experience been like, Kimmy, in starting out through um, deadly... So deadly funny, um, as like as Steph and Andy both they're both winners of deadly funny. So you're in very good company. Yes, I'm not a winner. Just uh, <laughs> to say, I've only been a national finalist, but still a big accomplishment. Mm. Um, so I started out doing comedy through my cousin Kevin Capinery, who's also a winner of deadly funny. Um, and I've just had a ball getting to know um, Australia's top Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander comedians. So a lot of my material comes from personal experiences. So I talk a lot about, you know, finding my family, being a former Sri Lankan, <laughs> then meeting said Sri Lankans, <laughs> and then uh, kind of asking, uh, how are you a former Sri Lankan? What did you get done? Because I want to be white. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's very interesting how, you know, everyone's style of comedy is very different. But um, Seth did uh, say early in the show that, you know, comedy is, you know, based on truth. People don't, you know, sit in a room full of writers saying, okay, we need to make this, uh, you know, audience laugh. Let's make up some stuff. Let's steal other people's stories and then use it as our own. Um, and that's not how comedy works for anybody. It's talking about your own personal experiences mm. because that's how you get people to laugh because they'll laugh and then they're like, I went through the same thing. Uh, I have a lot of debt too. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Because <laughs> like, that's what, I guess, what people are drawn to in comedy is the fact that someone's speaking truth that is yeah. also to an extent their truth. Mm. I guess exceptions are people like Jimmy Carr a bit who is like does the one-liners. But I think like anyone who does comedy, there's like an element of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what, it, like for me, that's what it was like. Like I was talking about things I was like unsure about or like that was a way I'd come to terms with things I didn't I didn't really know like because I I grew up like in <laughs> going to Catholic school and when you go to Catholic school there's a lot of the world that you don't know about yeah anyway but yeah I think it's an amazing vehicle to like put yourself out there and yeah I think the two people Andy and Steph who we spoke to today have been a real testament to how important it is to like put that story out there mm. what do you think about um the idea of stereotypes in comedy because um i've i've recently started com doing comedy and i sort of find that like there are stereotypes about indian people yeah and i sort of to an extent because it's also like i think the cool thing about deadly comedy is a lot of aboriginal people and you have yeah. an aboriginal audience whereas oh, it's, that, it's not all aboriginal not all aboriginal but, but there's a lot yeah, of people yeah. like i noticed like you know there was a lot of slang and and sort of niche humor that yeah, they were using yeah, yeah. that i didn't necessarily get so i think that's cool that you have a place like that but for me personally it's like i'm often 
performing to an Australian audience, yeah. and I feel like I have to pander a little bit to get yeah. the jokes, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, what advice would you have for me, actually, to sort of get away from the stereotypes and, and, and develop my own voice? Um, acknowledge it. Mm. Um, there are a lot of um, people out there that, you know, assume that, you know, just because, you know, you're from a certain group mm. that you're going to make jokes about it. Like, for example, if I was a Sri Lankan person... Um, <laughs> well, you were. I you was. Were. I'm former Sri Lankan, just so everyone's clear. Um, people would assume that I make jokes about how the different um, when, you know, white people eat curry and they don't actually see how the mild severe or the extreme hotness of it and as soon as it touches their mouth they just go all crazy like people assume that when you're from a specific culture that that's the only jokes that you'll make yeah like for as an aboriginal community people will think that i'm going to be making jokes about what people what non-Indigenous people think about, like, genocide and racism and all that kind of stuff. Mm. I'm like, I can make jokes about how much I love cheese. Like, I would do anything <laughs> for a slice of cheese. <laughs> like, you know, your identity doesn't define your style of comedy. Yeah. And I think that's something that people need to be strong with when they do stand up as well. That's good. That's good advice. Thanks for that. I might take that on board. Yeah. <laughs> you should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too as well. It's a good universal advice for anyone yeah. listening keen to do comedy. That's, yeah, definitely. We're gonna, I think we're going to jump to a song now. So this next one is The Hunt by Briggs featuring Gur- Gurumul. Yeah. You're listening to Sin 90.7. This is In Joke. Unfortunately, Sin doesn't have the rights to podcast the music it plays on Sin 90.7. I guess that just means you'll need to listen live for all the wonderful tracks. Tune your radio dial to 90.7 or stream it online at sin.org.au. That was The Hunt by Briggs. This is Injug on Sin 90.7, a special episode for Reconciliation Week. My name's Chave. I'm joined by Patrick and Kimmy. What's How up? How you guys going? And uh, this is our last segment. Aww. This is sad, yeah. You're Why are you doing us, this to me? <laughs> making us sad. I feel good being back on sin. All, uh, all good things have to come to an end, unfortunately. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just like university. Shavay, <laughs> the bearer of bad news. Here's some better news. We'll be reviewing some of our favourite deadly funny acts from the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um I know them all. Yeah, Kimmy knows I them know all. I know them all. And Kimmy's also going to be reviewing Andy, who was just on. Yeah. But I thought we might we might talk a little bit about Jalen first because we, we were just talking Jaylen. about we were just talking about Jalen during the the song there while while we had those Briggs vibes coming through. Um, so Jalen Sutcliffe was the winner of the 2016. Um, deadly funny and his set kind of starts off with his self-diagnosis of BBL yeah um, (laughs) which is big brown and lovely Uh. Um, and then he shares with the information shares with the audience information about his deep-seated fear in frogs so check out the set if you want to know more about that and then (laughs) and then if that wasn't enough he also performs an amazing rendition of sexual healing it got real cultural, I'll tell you that, because I was right in on um, front row watching everything, and then as soon as he started taking his clothes off, I'm just like, 
<laughs> I was going to not spoil so, the end. but so People need to know what they're in people for. Need to... And I, I was like, am I at a, at a, like, traditional Magic Mike show? Like, what's going on? So definitely, like, get on YouTube, search up Jalen Sutcliffe 2016 Deadly Funny, and you'll, you'll be in for a treat. It's amazing. I was at home on my own, on my laptop, and I lost it. I was pissing myself. If you can say that on radio. Yeah, you can say it on radio. <laughs> it's allowed. But, yeah. He's a he's has the most amazing voice, also and very <laughs> very, very angel like like um, I've I know him personally got him on Facebook and everything, um, and so we were all like backstage at Deadly Funny and then like um, a couple of us are like really good singers except for me and a couple <laughs> others, and he started like serenading the whole room and I'm just sitting there with my mouth open going. I need to go on stage. Don't make me forget my jokes because I'll come back and whoop you. It's so nice. It's so nice to like me and Shavay like reviewing these comedians and then you just tell us personal anecdotes of when you are with them. It makes for great uh, stand up. Yes. It's a, it makes for great stand-up. Do you have any Jalen Sutcliffe-related stand-up? No, no, I don't. No, I don't. But it, it's just, like, a good vibe from, like, everyone that was a part of the show and all the um, alumni from Deadly Funny, so all the winners and everyone that's come through mainstream as well. It's just everyone's, like, a big, massive family and it's good to, like, catch up with each other and we've all, like, on the, kind of the same path and whenever our paths, like, cross or come together we're just like remember that time yeah I remember that time <laughs> yeah it's, it makes for good jokes when everyone's drunk and you're not <laughs> someone someone else you might have some memories with is uh Dion Williams what oh, can you yes. tell us about Dion uh, Dion <laughs> Williams. A quiz. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, started a quiz. We, we always uh, like to poke fun at uh, Mr. Williams because uh, <laughs> he he always tends to wear tight-fitted shirts. And I ah. love to see the reaction of uh, women when they watch Dion and he just walks out with, like, pretty much his muscles trying to burst out the seams. And our, women... Uh, our executive staring, producer, M, is a fan. Um, <laughs> Just staring and drool is coming out of their mouth, and I'm just like, and I pull out a tissue. I'm like, I, I think you need this, you need it. Come on, but you know he he's a really really great comedian, and I've been able to you know share the stage with him as well. And it's just like I said before, it's so good for us all to come together and kind of bounce off ideas from each other and experiences. But I. I just love making fun of him and him not wearing, like, normal freaking clothes. Like, wear something normal. Look, oh, I'm going to come to his defence here. I think, I'm looking at his T-shirt right now. I think that's a good-fitting T-shirt. And he's a very sort of muscular and toned dude, so I think he just fills it out very well. He's also got tattoos in the arm, which is pretty cool as well. So what's his comedy like? <laughs> comedy. Can I ask? <laughs> We've been talking a lot about his physique and not about his comedy. Um, sorry, Dion, if you're listening to this, but not really. Um, his comedy is, you know, based on his experiences and telling stories about his childhood and mm. his family. His family hates it because his family's <laughs> always in, like, the audience and, you know, they pull him aside after the show. It's just like, I don't want everyone to know my business. It's like, well, that's a part of being in a comedian's life. Like, yeah. if you 
do something stupid, we will formulate it into a joke <laughs> and it, it will be heard worldwide. One bit um, I really liked was uh, when he was talking about his grandma and how his grandma <laughs> would like thre- threaten to beat him. And the scariest part about it was, like, he said, oh, you know, you can't catch me. And then she said, yeah, but uh, I'll do it when you're asleep. That's so bad. He was really creeped out by it. But honestly, something I could relate to, because my grandma always, when um, she got angry at us, she would get the, there's, like, this sort of, like, rolling pin that you used to roll rotis with. And she would get that out and be like, I'm going to hit you with this. And I think, yeah, maybe uh, yeah. a lot of ethnic people could relate to uh, to threats of domestic so, violence. I don't so know. Anyway, but I'm going to cut that off there, like, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but um, if anyone is a fan of tight-fitting clothing or jokes about families... Some good jokes. Definitely look up Dion Williams on YouTube and you'll be... Yeah, that's obviously and he was exactly the what you're he was after. The runner up. I wanted to give a shout out to the runner up as well. We've um, had two winners, a national finalist, and a runner up all mentioned yeah. on the show as well. Three winners because but of seriously, there's seriously a gold mine of comedy if you just type up um, deadly comedy, and there's just a whole playlist that can entertain you for hours. So also, what we've all been waiting for is Kimmy's what? review of Andy. Andy, oh, oh. I still. I remember seeing him for the very first time um, at Deadly Funny in 2014 when Steph Tisdale won it and he just came out in like a real short yellow top and short shorts and like a really like kind of combed out um, afro and that's when um, I first met... uh, Ray Ray Boy. That was an in- interesting um, experience. Um, and then from that, I've, you know, watched all his stuff on YouTube and on TV. And he actually has a joke about how people think he is um, Indian. So it's kind of similar <laughs> to my story of being a former yeah. Sri Lankan. And um, people thought Dion was Greek. Yeah, It seems yeah. to be like a recurring theme. It's 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 uh, very interesting, but you know that that's what I really love about Andy is he'll say the things that people want to say, but they don't say because they don't want to be racist. There's just something <laughs> about telling someone uh, you're racist that scares the living daylights out of them. Mm. Like the amount of times that people have called me racist, and I'm just like, I'm not racist. I'm black. <laughs> yeah, I can't be racist. No. Do you know the true definition of racist? I'll get real academic on your ass right now. No, I can't be racist. And like for a second, I'll be like, Am I racist? No, I don't want to be. Let's change my ways. Um, I'm sorry to everyone that I've insulted that may come across as racist. I'm sorry. But um, it's not the definition of racism, no, so you don't no, have to worry. I, I don't have to do it because I am, you know, a part of said culture that a lot of racism is and racist comes up pushed towards. Um, mm. I always say to everyone that I always think that my mom's potentially racist because she never told me that it was Aboriginal. Mm. Um, and it's, it's everyone's like, yeah, you've had a rough childhood. I'm like, yeah, I had to grow up without Facebook. <laughs> that was That's hard. probably a blessing, actually. Well, depending on how you use it. <laughs> yeah. Can I also just ask as well, because you mentioned, like, you watched all of these 
you know, comedians for a while and mm-hmm. were looking up to them. And now it's like you've got them on Facebook. You're like a part of their squad. It's kind of like when Spider-Man looks up to the Avengers and yeah. then he becomes a part of the Avengers. Like, what's that like to sort of look up to these people for so long and then you're part of their crew? It's so amazing. Uh, so at the after party for Deadly Funny, I had a couple of my close friends come along and just hang out with me because they came to the show. And they saw um, Andy Saunders at, like, another table. And like, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's Andy. <laughs> I'm like, I know him. I can introduce you. So I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, no problem, no problem. Like, we close. You yeah. Know? I know his kids. His kids know me. They think I'm hilarious. It's fine. It's like, no, no, that's shame. like, no, it's not. Just let me do this. This is my dream. I want to introduce people and say, yeah, I know them. Yeah, it's cool. I know them. It's cool. I know them. It's like, no. Nah. <laughs> and they said the same thing about Sean Trilborough, too. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know him. It's fine. Yeah, yeah we go way back. Yeah, he, he's, he's pretty much my brother from another mother, from another industry. Yeah, it's it's real great to be able to actually say I know them, and it was like no way, real. It's like yeah, they mentored me. It's like no, you're lying. You did PR. You lie. I'm like no, I'm actually telling the truth. You just don't believe me because I lie ninety percent of the time. But that time it was true. But that (laughs) one time I was telling the truth. So they just think you're true ninety percent of the time. Yeah, I literally have to go on my hands and knees. I'm, like, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you. I know Andy Saunders. I know him. I know him. And as you can tell from some of our interviews, they definitely go. You definitely go way back with them. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to get to know Andy Saunders or Steph Tisdale, you can check them out on our social media. Well, on Omni, we'll put them on Omni and iTunes and. Also Spotify, all those nice-ass little podcast platforms. And also, if you want to keep joking along to in-joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That's the... But also, anyway. let's give... Uh, Kimmy, you wanna, do you want to have a chance to plug yourself? Where can people find you and your comedian um, pages? So, I am on Facebook at mm-hmm. uh, Kimmy Lovegrove. Yep. Uh, that is me. I also have a blog. I uh, don't know the title to it but you'll find me just type in Kimberly Lovegrove L-Y not L-E-Y um, I will block you if you call me Kimberly with an L-E-Y because I spell how will you know um, I will know because because <laughs> <laughs> um, a true fact I spent uh, probably half of my life spelling my name with an L-E-Y yep. looked at my birth certificate it was an L-Y so I claimed identity theft uh, with the state government saying, no, I'm not paying that public transport fine. That is not my name. It's Kimberly, not Kimberly. Yeah, that's true. It's true. It's all true. Get it, make you. sure you get that right. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, a pretty yeah. serious threat. I do have a Twitter too and an Instagram. It's all like Kimmy, Lovegrove, Kimmy J 92 Just type in Kimberly Lovegrove. I'm there. You'll find me. You'll see my face. You'll see my face. So, yeah. Thanks so much for joining us this Thank week, Kimmy. Yeah. It's been, it's awesome. been a pleasure. And thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in to InJoke. See you later. This was a Sin Media Podcast, previously heard live on Sin 90.7.